God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is the Everyday Christian Podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green, and today we're going to be talking about everyday Christians in the voting booth. This is a special episode because this is our second episode with a guest host, and we're going to introduce our guest at this time. His name is John Mitchell. He is a preacher in Georgia, and he is also the editor of the Carolina Messenger. You can find this uh, very good resource at carolinamessenger.net, and uh, he does a very good job editing that. Um, I've written a few articles for him and uh, have been privileged to do so and have read some articles on the site, and it's very, very good, sound material, and I would highly recommend that for your reading pleasure. I appreciate John very much, and I have given him the lovely topic of Everyday Christians in the Voting Booth, and so, John, what do you think? What's the over or under of how many landmines we might step on in this topic? Well, Chase, first of all, it's good to be on your program. Thank you for having me. Secondly, I thought we were friends. <laughs> so I really don't know why you've assigned this topic to me. I don't know what I've done to offend you, but I must say I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, actually, the reason I have picked John for this topic is is I have seen some uh, some work that he has done on this topic and it was absolutely excellent and uh, we'll get to that in in a minute but John would you like to kind of introduce yourself a little bit further? Sure, thank you. I uh, I'm a member of the Lord's Church, a New Testament Christian, been a Christian since 1986. Um, I've been preaching for 20 years in Illinois, South Carolina, and Georgia. I'm uh, married to a wonderful Christian woman, Beth Mitchell, and I have two wonderful little girls, uh, Katie and Ashlyn, and I'm just uh, a follower of Christ, saved by God's grace, and uh, doing my best to serve Him in every way I can. Absolutely, and certainly appreciate you very much for, for doing this for us, and uh, you're actually from kind of the St. Louis area, aren't you? Well, I was... Uh, I spent my teenage years in the St. Louis area. I was born in Nashville, and uh, being a preacher's kid, I lived uh, in Nashville and Kentucky and then in uh, Illinois, right next to St. Louis, uh, before going on to Harding University, and then I came back to uh, the St. Louis area, and that was where my first uh, preaching work was until I moved to South Carolina. I got you. Okay. So kind of your formative years, uh, much of those spent in the St. Louis area. And the big thing is you are a St. Louis Cardinals fan, so that's great. Uh, I, I am a St. Louis Cardinals fan until I came to Georgia, and now I'm a Atlanta Braves fan unless they're playing the St. Louis Cardinals. There you go. Well, hey, that's a good thing because I, I like the Braves too, so good deal. Well, uh, you mentioned that you went to Harding, and now your, your degree was actually not in preaching. Is that right? That's correct. I have a, a degree in history. Okay, so so uh, John is a, a history buff, right? And and what do you, that's kind of one of your big hobbies, would you say? Oh, um, pretty much ever since I was a kid, uh, I have been constantly reading about American history. 
history with emphasis on uh, presidents and uh, politics and uh, the Civil War. Uh, I just love history, always have. Uh, and uh, my wife, uh, my wife tells me that all of my uh, all of my religious books are at my office, and all my history books are at the house. And she wishes that my history books would go and join my religious <laughs> books at the office. So, <laughs> so she's not much of a above herself, huh? Oh, she well, she likes it, but you know, she would just like the space for other things. I got you. <laughs> so, She'd like to actually be able to decorate a little bit, huh? Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> she got me a uh, she got me the a nook. Uh, a few years back from Barnes and Noble, one of those e-readers, right? And, and uh, she said, "Now this is the uh, you, this is what you will use from now on, so you don't have to buy any more books to bring into this house. You can just have them on the e-reader." And uh, so I've uh, bowed to her wishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a wise thing to do. Yes. So, so John and I uh, actually met when he was preaching at the Duncan Congregation in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina area. And I really appreciate John because this was a very, really a, a big part of my life. Um, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I did go to medical school for three or four months uh, in the Edward Via School of Osteopathic Medicine in the Spartanburg area. Went to church with, with John and and some other wonderful Christians at the Duncan congregation. And one thing that I'll say about John is he really is a preacher who cares about those to whom he preaches. Um, John, you have Bible studies with people uh, very often. You, you said that your door was always open, and I remember you saying that, and you really meant it. And you have people over for dinner and things like that. Very important parts of ministry that sometimes, you know, can get neglected, but these are very important things. And I just really appreciate you and, and how you were there for me and Lindsay. You know, we, we got married, and a month later, we moved from Louisiana to South Carolina. And that was a huge step uh, and quite scary for us. But you and, and your wife and, and the church there, they, they y'all just wrapped your arms around us and really helped us be comfortable there, and we really liked it there. But when I found out that I didn't want to be a doctor, that was like a, a very huge, difficult moment in my life. And if it were not for, for the church there, uh, for my church back home, um, no telling what might have happened as far as just you know my faith uh, being hindered and so on. So I just have the utmost appreciation for you and your wife, Beth, and the church there, my church family back home for helping me through that difficult time in my life. And ever since I've met you, I really have considered you kind of a, a mentor for preaching. And when I first got into preaching, when I realized that's what I really wanted to do, I can remember calling you and kind of asking for your advice on that. And I've called you a lot of times and asked for advice uh, ever since, and I just really do appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you and Lindsay as well, so does Beth. And, you know, what you're talking about, about the church being there for you, even when you're in another place, in a strange place, I think that's what Jesus was talking about when he when he was saying, you know, if anyone leaves their family, they'll receive a hundred times as much um, in this life. Um, he was talking about the church, and that's one of the blessings of being in the church, that uh, wherever you go, when you 
find a fellow uh, faithful child of God, then you're not alone. You got a you got a you got family there with you, and uh, and if they're they have the love for each other that Jesus wants them to have, then uh, we can help each other and be there for each other. And it really is one of the greatest blessings of being a Christian in this life. It sure is, and and I can attest to that firsthand because. I have had Christians come through for me multiple times in my life, and I'm just very, very thankful for it. So as I, as I said, our topic for today is Everyday Christians in the Voting Booth. It is an election year, and when this episode comes out, it'll be approximately a month uh, before the, the big election. So we're going to tell you who to vote for. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do want to kind of give some preliminary items, uh, a disclaimer, if you will. And I'll say this, please don't cancel us, okay? If we, say some thing, if we say some things in this podcast today that you don't agree with, we need to understand that there is lots of uh, room for opinion and, and judgment in some areas of politics, but we also need to understand that politics and our faith, they do intersect at times. And we want to make sure that we're putting our faith uh, first. Now, I am not a politician. I, I don't really desire to go into politics. I love preaching the gospel. I do think that we need good, faithful men and women, Christian men and women in politics. Uh, but that's not my role. And certainly that's not uh, the goal of this this podcast in general. But we do want to understand that that our Christianity is affected by politics. Now, uh, I'm not going to campaign for Donald Trump today or Joe Biden. I'm not going to campaign for any other political candidate in this episode. That's not the purpose. Again, the purpose is to show that our faith and politics, although they are kind of two separate things, they also do intersect one another quite a bit, and when they do, we need to handle ourselves properly as Christians. Uh, John, would you like to add anything to that thought? I think that is, uh, you made some very, very good points. And uh, it's very easy for, and, and not just with politics, but with anything in life, it's very, very easy to allow other things, even, even things that might be inherently okay in and of themselves, uh, to take a higher precedence than, uh, to our allegiance to God, and um, that's certainly true of politics, and it's something that the, that the Christian needs to watch out for. Absolutely. So, how does our faith affect how we vote, how we view things politically? That's really what we're going to go for here in uh, this episode, and uh, Acts 5.29, this is one of the verses that you mentioned in, um, in your lesson at the Power Lectures. Uh, which I'm going to kind of talk about in just a second, is uh, kind of a general principle about politics and Christians. We are to obey God rather than men, and sometimes that may come into, into play with politics. There may be situations where the government's telling us, look, you need to do this, and Christ told us, no, you do that. Well, we have to obey Christ rather than, than men in that situation, and then Another passage you mentioned is Romans 13, which is an excellent, uh, certainly pertinent passage that deals with being in subjection to the higher powers, the governing authorities. 
Uh, we are to pay taxes. We're to give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, those who resist the powers that be are really resisting the ordinance of God because God is the one who ordained them uh, as government. And, and God uh, rules in the kingdoms of men, I believe the, the passage in Daniel teaches. So uh, as we kind of bring you into this and uh, and what you have to say for us in, in this topic, I want to mention that John did preach a, a very good lesson at the Power Lectures in South Haven, Mississippi. This was in 2018, a couple of years ago, and the lesson was titled, The Devil in D.C., How Satan Works in the Government. Again, this was a very good, very balanced, very pertinent, especially in an election year, uh, very pertinent lesson, and I've probably watched it five or ten times. Um, it's very good, and I will put the link to this lesson in the show notes below for you to watch. And so before we get started with your main points that you had for that lesson, I'd like to ask you a few questions, John, regarding politics in general, and then we'll get into those main points that you brought up in that lectureship. So the first thing I want to ask you is kind of a three-part question, and that is this. Can Christians involve themselves in the voting booth and or politics? And then the second part of that question is, should Christians involve themselves in uh, the voting booth and or politics? And then finally, must Christians involve themselves in the voting booth and politics? All right. Well, uh, those are very, very good questions. Uh, talking about the first one, can Christians involve themselves in the voting booth uh, and or gov government? As Christians... We need to have as our highest allegiance uh, the commands and the will of Jesus, our Lord. He is our Lord. Uh, he is our master. And so basically what he has dictated in the Bible about what we can do and what we cannot do, that must take the highest priority. And there are many things that, that happen in life that are not covered in the Bible. And they're not covered in the New Testament in, uh, when it comes to whether they're in the form of a command or, or whether we have an apostolic example in the scriptures of the Christians doing this or, or if there's a principle uh, in the scriptures, uh, anything that is inferred that God wants us to do or not do. There, there are a lot of things in the Bible, or there, excuse me, there are a lot of things in life that uh, are not covered in those areas, and so that would make it make them the things that we are free to do, things we have the freedom to do. And so, the, when we look at the question, can Christians involve themselves in the voting booth or government? I'm looking at that question as to whether or not it would be uh, pleasing or displeasing to God based on His revealed will in the New Testament. Right, and. When I look at the scriptures, um, there's a lot that the scriptures have to say about government. In the New Testament, there there are several responsibilities that Christians are given concerning government. You touched on them briefly. Um, Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than men. Romans 13, we are to submit to the governing authorities. Uh, Romans 13, verse 7, uh, which is very much an overlooked uh, command we are to give honor 
to uh, to whom honor is due in the governing authorities. Um, First Peter chapter two brings out that we are to uh, submit and and uh, respect and honor those in government governing authorities. Uh, uh, Titus chapter three at the beginning of the chapter says the same thing. Uh, but there's nothing in there about um, voting. And, you know, that kind of makes sense because when the New Testament was written, it was written under the auspices of the Roman Empire. Uh, uh, Paul was living under um, a dictatorship, so was Peter and the rest of the New Testament writers. And uh, there was really no such thing as voting per se like we are familiar with it in uh, 21st century America. So... Obviously, uh, there's nothing in the Bible, uh, documents written 2,000 years ago, that's going to talk about, you know, voting um, in America, um, or really any sort of uh, uh, democratic republic form of government like we are under. So that would make, based on my studies of the scriptures, that would make question of can Christians involve themselves in the voting booth or can Christians involve themselves in government that would make uh, that would make that a matter of personal choice since God has not either commanded it or condemned it then we have the freedom to do that right uh, whether or not we choose to do that now you know, whether Christians involve themselves in government you know it, it should be said, that, uh, you know, we do have a few examples in the Bible of uh, people in government positions uh, being converted to Christianity. Cornelius comes to mind. Uh, the Philippian jailer comes to mind. They were, they were officers of uh, the court, as it were. Uh, well, the Philippian jailer was. Uh, the, uh, Cornelius would have been a soldier, and, uh, but they, he would have been a governmental authority as such. And there's no indication that they were told to, uh, when they became Christians, that Christianity required them to, to denounce, uh, to resign from their, from their positions. And so that also gives me an indication that uh, it is permissible, uh, it is a freedom we have to, um, as to whether or not we are involved in government. And it's also a, a freedom as to whether or not we we vote. Um, now, as far as the question goes, should Christians vote? Well, again, since it's a freedom, then it's a choice that we have. Um, and I think a lot of brethren need to remember this. I have, uh, uh, I've seen in election years, whether it's whether it's presidential elections or off-year congressional le- elections, I see uh, a lot of times in social media, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ will sometimes say to other brothers and sisters in Christ, "You have, uh, you know, you have a uh, you have a divine obligation to vote." Right. Uh, that's adding to the scriptures. Right. Plain and simple. There's uh, there's nothing in the Bible that says that whatsoever. Right, um, John. And and if I can piggyback on that thought, um, for instance, my personal view is. I try to vote as often as I possibly can because I, I want to influence, uh, and, and albeit a small influence, one vote. But I try to vote as often as I can because it's, it's that important to me. But I can't find a verse that commands someone to vote. 
Exactly. And that kind of lies into your third question, must Christians vote? Again, it is it is a matter of personal choice, uh, and with personal choices uh, often come the judgment of how expedient it is. And, and you might have a Christian, Christian A, who considers uh, uh, it to be most expeditious to what they want for this country that they vote. And so they might look at that as, I must vote. Right. Uh, and Christians must vote. On the other hand, you might have Christian B, who says, you know, my vote, in the big scheme of things, uh, whether it be from an eternal perspective or even from a political perspective, my vote really probably doesn't matter all that much. You know, like, for example, if I'm living, if, if I am a... a if I'm a supporter of the president and yet I live in a blue state like California, then, you know, if I vote for the president, then it, that really will not matter because California's electoral votes, which elect the president, are going to go for his opponent because it's a blue state. So my vote really will not matter all that much. I've made that judgment. Uh, it won't be really expeditious. And so I'm not, uh, I just, I've decided I'm just not going to go to the voting booth. Instead, I'm going to do something else. Well, that, that Christian has, he's made his, he has the right to do that. He's made his choice, uh, exercising his freedom to not vote. And one of the things that scripture brings out, especially in Romans 14 concerning freedoms is, um, Brothers and sisters need to respect each other's uh, differing views on that. Right. Uh, and uh, I think in, in, I think uh, people get so passionate about politics that they forget that, if they even knew it to begin with, some Christians don't. Right. And, um, and that's, a, that's a problem. But to, to, I guess to answer your questions, Christians can involve themselves in the voting booth if they wish. As far as whether they should or must, uh, that is their choice because it's not something that God has dictated. Very good. Uh, I, I would agree with that, and uh, that's certainly very biblical. Um, I would add this. You know, your second person that you, you gave an example of, I would not agree with that person at all. I would say, well, go vote anyway, and if everybody who, who had your viewpoint would vote, they might would uh, make a difference in California. That would be my, my view uh, toward that person's uh, view on that. But still, I can't let my view and his view separate me from him as a Christian. He's still my brother, and he has a right to to have his view in that realm of opinion. You know, one of the, uh, to build on what you just said, uh, in talking about matters of opinion and matters of freedom in Romans 14, there is a, there is a verse in Romans 14 that... I think people have forgotten. Uh, you know, I've heard it said that the forgotten commandment in the New Testament is are all the commands having to do with withdrawing a fellowship. Right. You know, that may be true, but I think there's another forgotten commandment, and that is in Romans 14, if you look at verse 22, um, it says the faith which you have, and in the context, faith is talking about your opinion. Right. You know, the judgment that you have. Uh, what you consider personally to be the most expeditious thing to do, the liberty that you have. He says, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. 
Right. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. Keep between yourself and God. Now, you know, that is a command. It is. That, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Uh, the problems in the Roman church that Paul was dealing with there, if both sides had kept their opinions to themselves, the problem never would have happened. Right. And, we we call them like scruples. Manner, yeah, and in like manner, if... Um, you know, to use my hypothetical example again, if if Christian B uh, says, you know, my vote, uh, it's really a waste of time. It really won't matter because I live in California and there, you know, I'm outnumbered uh, 20 to 1 as far as the other party goes. And so I might, I'm not even going to waste my time. Uh, and you are Christian A and um, you disagree with that. Well, if Christian B had decided that he was just going to keep his decision completely to himself, right? You'd never know about it. Yep. You know, and and let's say he told you, but you decided that you were going to you disagreed with that, but you were going to keep your disagreement to yourself. Well, guess what? No, there's not going to be even the possibility of any sort of of strife between you and your brother. Right, we're not going to be stumbling blocks to one another. Exactly, and a lot of Christians have forgotten that. Uh, again, if they even knew it to begin with. Right. Uh, Romans 14, verse 22 is a verse that I really think is very much overlooked in, uh, in the Bible. Absolutely it is. Let's, let's move on to this. Uh, if one does choose to vote, should his Christianity influence his politics? Or should his politics influence and, and guide his Christianity? In other words, which one comes first? Well, Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, uh, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of, meaning by the authority of. In fact, even um, when we were talking about freedoms, a few minutes ago, things that we have the freedom to do. Um, you know, First Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10 also deal with those freedoms, uh, talking about how to exercise your freedoms. And um, in, verse, in chapter 10 of First Corinthians, starting with verse 31, it says, uh, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Um, so when you have those principles in the Bible and those commands, uh, basically our Christianity must take the highest precedence. Uh, our Christianity, our relationship with God, and our, our obedience to his will must be the most important thing to us in every aspect of our life, and that includes our freedoms. Right. Now, and so the answer to your question would be, uh, if one does choose to vote, uh, one's Christianity should influence his vote, his politics. It, it, if his politics influences his Christianity, then that's a problem you're getting now into making politics your idol, as it were, and God is not the uh, center of your life uh, as he should be. He's not the most important thing in your life. And uh, Satan is winning in a situation like that. 
Right, and, and I think of Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man, or really duty is added by the translators to kind of make sense of it, but really it's man's whole. Everything about what we're here for is to fear God and keep his commandments, and that would include what we're doing in the voting booth, or if we're going into politics, if we choose to do those things. So you, you did mention kind of politics becoming an idol or becoming a, a god to us, and that was kind of my next question, but I think I'm going to hold off on that for now because you're going to elaborate on that in uh, what you you have mentioned in your sermon uh, from that 2018 Power Lectures sermon, uh, The Devil in D.C., How Satan Works in the Government. So I'd like to kind of get into that outline and uh, feel free to share as much or as little of that lesson as you want. Uh, this lesson is also available in manuscript form in the Power Lectures Lectureship Book for 2018. Uh, you can contact the South Haven Church of Christ, and I'm sure that they will uh, be able to provide you with that, that uh, book as the listener. And also, there is a YouTube video that I will link at the bottom of the show notes for that as well, and I would highly recommend that, that all Christians watch that. I think it's very good. I think it's spot on. And if I remember correctly, this didn't make it into the YouTube video, but as I was watching this, uh, this lesson uh, live when you presented it in 2018, uh, Brother Don Blackwell came up to you afterwards and he said, Brother, you were spot on and I agree with you. And it kind of cut off at that, at that point, but it seemed like he was kind of getting to how he wished uh, that, that more Christians would listen to this message. Do you remember that? I, I do remember that. Um, and I kind of said to Don, you know, he was the director of that lectureship. I said to Don the same thing I just said I said to you a few minutes ago, jokingly. You know, Don, I thought we were friends, so why are you doing this? <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is a needed topic. And um, I put a lot of thought in the... In, the outline and in the manuscript um, because I wanted to bring out everything that the scripture says because I do think uh, you know we need to get back to the scriptures a lot of brethren probably are not even aware of what uh, the entirety of the scriptures say about this topic and uh, so right. I wanted to bring that out now I will say you you, you you know, you promoted the manuscript and the Power Lectureship book. If, uh, you know, if your listeners get that book, um, there is a lot more information in the manuscript than there is in the sermon on YouTube. Uh, right. I covered, I covered responsibilities that God says the government has. I covered questions that people have about the role of government and things like capital punishment or war things like that, that I did not touch on in the sermon. So um, that's another reason to look at the manuscript, because uh, we, we get into uh, a lot of those very deep topics as well. Um, right. I appreciate you, uh, you uh, letting your listeners know about all of that. Absolutely. Well, it, it is a very good resource. And uh, that whole lectureship, I watched several lessons from that, and it, that lectureship was dealing with the devil. And it was an excellent lectureship. I really like the power lectures. I think they put a lot of thought into the sermon topics. And uh, Brother Don Blackwell is, is heading that lectureship up. And, and others before him also always did a really good job on that lectureship. So just highly recommend that. 
that's one book I've been meaning to, to buy. Okay, we're going to go ahead and pause at this point for this episode, and we're actually going to split this episode in two. So if you're looking for the rest of this episode, the episode title in our podcast will be Season 2, Episode 10B. So the one you've been listening to is 10A. Just search for 10B, and that will be the continuation of this episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast.